everyone, and welcome to episode 98 of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. We have three segments for you this week. Kicking things off, we have a listener mail segment with myself, Danny, and Patrick. After that, we have a segment about Animal Crossing after 100 hours, and that's with Alex and Justin. And then closing out the show, we have a segment about the Vita and whether or not there's a reason for 3DS owners to own both handhelds. That's with Neil, JP, and Patrick. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this listener mail segment on connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. I've got two people here with me today. Uh, Patrick Barnett. Hello, everyone. And Danny Bivens. Yo, yo. Live from Japan. Live from Japan, but pre-recorded in Japan. <laughs> it's live from me. <laughs> Wait, and what time is it right now in Japan, Danny? Oh, it's like ten seventeen in the morning, so it's not oh, so bad. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, we've, we've definitely made you get up earlier in the morning before. Definitely. <laughs> so that's not too bad. Um, so yeah, we're going to do some listener mail. We've been asking for, for some email for weeks now, and uh, we've got four good ones here that we're going to go through. Um, so we will just get the ball rolling. Um, this first one is from Adolf Vega, a long-time listener, and he said, I enjoyed the discussion on Mario & Luigi's recent RPGs. I've played several of the games across several of the Nintendo consoles and noticed that many of the games just drag on and don't know when to end the story at a logical point. I gave up on Inside Story because of the fake ending in Fetch Quest, and when Thousand Year Door, uh, that ending dragged on forever. I actually enjoyed Super Paper Mario because it was short and direct and more platforming. I'm interested in Dream Team, but it is... But is this game guilty of outstaying its welcome, too? Um, well, none of us have actually played Dream Team. I was hoping Neil would be here because he, he reviewed it uh, and has beaten it and everything. But based just on the conversation I've, I've had with Neil and then just the general sort of consensus on Twitter, I will say that Dream Team is definitely guilty of uh, outstaying its welcome and also just being um, kind of slow-moving, it sounds like, at a lot of a lot of times, like sort of just kind of hitting you over the head with, with information you already know. Yeah, which all games in that series are offenders of that, in a sense. Uh, most of the games kind of move at a slow pace. A lot of them kind of get grindy, at least in the uh, Mario RPG series, especially uh, Partners in Time was very yeah. guilty of that. Yeah. Which I think with Dream Team, like, kind of the, the over-explanation of things is maybe a response to uh, Sticker Star, yeah. which, like, was not handle i mean it was like the complete opposite just sort of like set you free and didn't really like help in any way there were like no real hints as to what you what to expect or what to do yeah that nintendo probably took a lot of flack for that where you almost needed an faq for super paper mario whereas uh dream team for the consensus at least what i've heard is it kind of teaches you the same thing more than once yeah it constantly reminds you of, of things you, were, you have already done and, and how to do things um but I do agree. I think the series as a whole is, is as a whole is really guilty of just kind of yeah, like just like grinding to a stop quite often, and, and just like they're very charming in the beginning, and then just something happens where by the end of it, you're kind of just ready for it to be done, even if it's not ready to be done. I mean, I kind of argue that they're charming all the way through, and I enjoy them, and I, I don't really mind the the grinding and the the slow moving pace because I think it's an enjoyable experience all the way through it's just uh i mean i guess i would enjoy it even more if it wasn't as uh slow moving yeah uh danny have you do you play many of the, have you played many of these games uh i played like the first mario and luigi game back in the day uh <laughs> <that's one. laughs> um i never finished it cause either i'm dumb or there's some kind of a weird glitch that made it so i couldn't go forward <laughs> it, it probably could just me be being dumb but no um <laughs> 
you know, when it comes to me and playing games, I like to play games that don't do this kind of stuff, like drag on or just like ex- like wordy, just for wordiness sake. Um, and I, I've been even like here in Japan here lately, I've been playing a couple of new releases from Nintendo that are just like super wordy and just needlessly so. And yeah. it's just annoying and it's just, man, I, I want to like enjoy this game. Yeah, if you have like something great to tell me, okay, but you know, if you're, if it's just adding stuff in just to add more time to the game or be that text or just bullshit things, then it's just kind of pointless. Yeah. Well, and here Adolf like says he, he specifically enjoyed Super Paper Mario, but I think that game is like egregious with its, with its writing. Like it's, it's really cleverly written. Mm-hmm. Um, but it like, there's basically there's little like cutscenes at the end of each level. Um, and they go on, I mean, for like five to 10 minutes of just the like sort of villainous characters talking to each other. Um, and it just goes on and on and, and the writing's sharp and a lot of times it's funny, but there's just so much of it and you just kind of want to get back to the gameplay. Um, and we were talking about this before we started recording, but that game too, like the, the, the actual platforming levels are great, but you had to spend so much time actually finding those levels. There's like this hub world you have to explore there, there's so many layers to the hub world. Uh, yeah. I remember the moment where you realize there's like a whole second half to the hub world. Yeah. When you yeah. walk across the bridge to the other side. And it's just like, oh, man, there's so much more to this. Every, everything else in that game, like each individual level, I thought was good. Oh, yeah. Because they were contained great. and uh, explore. There's a like exploration in a different sense. but Yeah. Right. Because you know there's a beginning and an end. Like you're not you can't really get lost. I mean, it's a self-contained level. Um, which was great, and I really enjoyed. But yeah, getting to those levels was a pain, and I do think that's a problem for the series. Um, I hope, I mean, whether it's Paper Mario or uh, Mario and Luigi, I hope I don't know they they take a lot of time and like make a really great one. Yeah, learn um, learn from the mistakes of at least these last two entries from the way yeah. it sounds. Because this has been and, such uh, a disappointing year. I mean, if you told me at the, at the, like in January that we were gonna get Super Paper Mario, or I'm sorry, um, Sticker Star, a, a sequel to you know, Paper Mario, and then we would also get a new Mario and Luigi game. Like, I would have, I would have not believed it. I would have been so excited. Um, and they were just both so disappointing. Although, I, actually, I think Sticker Star came out at the end of last year. But either way, if you told me a year ago that we would get two of those within 12 months, and they would both be kind of meh, um, I I would have been very disappointed. I'm, I'm not going to count Dream Team out yet, because I still think I'm going to really enjoy it. Whereas uh, Sticker Star, I kind of, I, I plowed through it and beat it with an FAQ. But uh, it definitely wasn't. It, it wasn't on the top of my Paper Mario list. It's probably at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, having to do that with the FAQ, it's just such a drag. You know, yeah, like it just um, doesn't feel like you're really playing the game anymore. It's like you're just like completing objectives. At that I'm, not, point. I'm not sure if you guys got to the end, but the final boss, I can't even imagine anyone getting through that without an FAQ. Yeah, there just an absurd amount of those uh the thing stickers that are needed right in the correct sequence and stuff yeah yeah Yeah, you know both of these games kind of interest me um sticker star and then dream team too um you know i've heard a lot of positive things and then you know you hear some of the negative things too but you know i've i've played games from both of the respective series and i you know i enjoyed them but i don't know man sometimes i don't know if i want to take the plunge and take the risk of not finishing the game because I'm a really, really bad about that. And yeah. <laughs> so. I, plus, I don't know too, like, do we really need two separate Mario RPG series at this point? Yeah. Like, I know Paper Mario is a little different, like, just aesthetically. Yeah. Um, but do we really need two 
at, at this point? I don't think so. We like, need three. <laughs> yeah, well, I, a, a true sequel to Mario RPG I would, would be that. huge. Yeah. Would be oh, huge. Well, let me ask you this. If they brought it down to one Mario RPG, would you rather it be more like Mario and Luigi or more like Paper Mario? Huh, that's a good question. I mean, I, if they did condense it into one, it would, of course, be a mix of the two, but which would you rather it lean more heavily on? Personally, I'd go Mario and Luigi because that, that series is more near and dear to my heart. I, I might have told this story on the podcast before, but Superstar Saga, I've probably played through that game five or six times. It was it was my uh, staying home from school sick game. I would just plow <laughs> through the thing That's awesome. in a day or two. <laughs> I guess I guess probably Mario and Luigi because I feel like that that game that just sort of setting lends itself to more and more uh, like expansions, I guess, and like new ideas. Where at this point, like Paper Mario, I thought Sticker Stars for as much as I didn't like the gameplay, I thought the the setting and just the world they created was was really great and pushed the idea of all these characters being made of paper like to the brink. Like they took it. Yeah. I think as far as you can. Um, and I just don't know what else you can really do. I think if they take that same sticker stars concept and reapplied it to, say, like the Thousand Year Door situation, it might make a better game. You just got to tone down the thing stickers. Yeah, the thing stickers killed it. The, the regular stickers, like combat stickers, were yeah. great, I thought. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, it's just a very unforgiving and sort of, I don't know, just a tough game. Um, but let's go ahead, ahead and move on to our next letter. Um, let's see here. So this is from Derek. He says, hey, guys, love the show. Fun hearing all the voices, literal and figurative, of non-RFN staff. Uh, I wonder what he means figuratively. I mean, you literally hear our voices. Maybe know. maybe our reviews and such. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. You're off the hook this time. Where is it? <laughs> yeah, he's just having conversations with us. <laughs> That's what I do when I when I listen to podcasts. Yeah, you're talking back to us. Yes. Um. So he says, question. Call of Duty design director David Vondahar is getting threats of rape of his daughter and uh, of his daughter and wife actually uh, for tweaking a gun. Phil Fish asks Marcus Spear to die, then quits. Yet the Meverse community is devoid of trolls. How is this so? What is Nintendo doing right? Love to hear your thoughts, Derek. Um, well, we kind of joked <laughs> before we started recording that this is kind of a, a simple answer, and that's a heavy moderation. Um, like, if anything, like, threatening like that got posted to Meverse, it would be gone, I mean, within within minutes. Um, I haven't really tested it, but I know, and there's more people on Meverse now, but back, like, at launch, I remember, like, I think it was Johnny posted something that wasn't even bad, but, like, maybe there was, like, one word that was kind yeah. of in the gray area, and, I mean, I think it got pulled, like... Within an hour or something, like it, yeah. got, it got pulled very quickly. Um, I, I was with friends once, and they drew a picture of just someone with a butt, and it was pulled within uh, <laughs> a butt like thirty minutes. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so they're very good about pulling stuff off quickly, right? Um, plus, too, like I, I, I want to believe that the community is a little bit. I mean, I think the community skews younger. Like, if you read some of the posts on Meverse and just pay attention to the grammar and the spelling <laughs> um, and just even the, the concept behind, you know, within yeah. the sentence itself. I mean, it, it's a very – it's a much younger crowd, it seems. Um, and so it just – it seems like these kind of threats and this, this type of uh, talk, I guess, is a little bit, I don't know, beyond them, I suppose. Like, it, everyone's just kind of posting about, like, what character you want to see in Smash Brothers. 
Um, you know, like, why doesn't Metroid crawl? Um, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> that was a, that was a great day in Meverse history, oh, right there. Oh my god! I mean, that that was a, a very great day. That was the pinnacle of Meverse. I don't know if it'll ever get any better than that. I don't, I don't know. I think the um, pinnacle of Meverse was all the Willem Dafoe stuff in Funky Barn on day one. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, how amazing was that? What Meverse was so cool. Uh, and that, that, like, first month or two after launch when no one really had a console yet. <laughs> and you could just go through all, and there were very few games, so you could just go through each Miiverse channel and just see all the crazy stuff going on. Um, it's so much now, like, it, it's hard to keep up with. I don't really do much Miiverse stuff anymore. I, I still check it out. I tweeted about this, I think, earlier in the week, but every single time a new game comes out, I just love Miiverse more and more and more. Because it kind of revitalizes that community where everyone's posting about one topic again. Yeah. And uh, you start to see more original art and uh, stuff like that. Well, especially with Art Academy now. Like, if you looked at any of that stuff, it's incredible. Just today I spent 20 minutes going through Art of Academy pictures. Yeah. That's been really cool. I mean, that's been such a cool, like, side effect of Miiverse. Um, I mean, even, like, Nintendo themselves, uh, you know, like, Iwata said, like, they did not expect that to, to come yeah. from Miiverse, but there it was. I mean, um, that's kind of why Art Academy was pushed out the door because right. it is such a huge deal. Yeah. It's very cool. You know, I know for me, when it comes to Wii, Wii U, like, basically this past week is the first time I've been playing my console since, like, February. Uh, <laughs> so I missed out on all these cool Miiverse stuff and whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, you had to be around during the dark days when the, yeah. nothing was coming out and people just had to entertain themselves. <laughs> I, I was around for, like, you know, a month and then I just kind of fell off. <laughs> it's like the Wild West out there. <laughs> I think what makes Miiverse great is the fact that you can interact with developers very easily. Yeah, if they get involved, yeah. Uh, I remember when Toki Tori 2 came out, I uh, posted a question in the Toki Tori 2 forum, or a Miiverse page, because I was stuck. And uh, the developer addressed my question within 30 minutes and uh, That's awesome. got through the puzzle, and it was great. That's really mm. cool. I mean, I've talked about it, but with Zombie U, a lot of that was going on. People asking questions, like getting stuck at parts, and either other people or the developers themselves like chiming in and, and offering hints and tips and stuff. And I, I think that's really awesome. Um, I'm excited to like get games that kind of need, need that more. I mean, there hasn't really been something since the launch that, like, you kind of need that, uh, I don't know, that help or that assistance, but I think that's I really I don't see cool anything too. on the horizon coming that's going to need that kind of help either, at least out of Nintendo's launch Yeah, line. that's true. I mean, Zelda, maybe. Yeah, Zelda would be big. But I think uh, Nintendo's other games, like Super Mario World, or Super Mario 3D World and Donkey Kong Country... Yeah, unless it's kind of like a, like, I found almost all the hidden things, in like, especially Donkey Kong, you know, it's like, where's, yeah. the, where's the letter G, or, you know, where's the last puzzle piece I'm missing? Yeah, but, yeah, not like, not like help to actually get through a level, but I do, I like Miiverse, I, I think it's a, a good start, um, and I enjoy it, and I, I think, yeah, heavy moderation is for sure the key to, um, to that. I think it's also just kind of a strong sense of community and trying to help others kind yeah. of builds that. That's true, and there's not really as much anonymity. Did I say that right? I don't even know. Something uh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, you're, you know, your account's tied to this. I mean, if you do a lot of bad stuff, I imagine that Nintendo could like suspend you. Um, yeah, I, I think doing they can. stuff. You know, it's not like a Twitter account, which isn't even like policed anyway. But even if it was, you could just start a new Twitter account. You know, and I guess one thing, you know, I, I love Twitter, but like one of the things I kind of see it as for myself. Like, I used to post on like a lot of gaming message boards and stuff back in the day, and you know. They're always moder moderated and stuff like that, but Twitter is almost just like an unmoderated message board that reaches like the whole world, and like you know, you, you can say anything; it doesn't fucking matter. People just 
you know, go crazy and don't really have any care about how people feel or anything like that. And it's just a fucking travesty sometimes. Right. But. It is. I mean, you can block people, but even blocking them, you've already seen what they've said to you, you know? So it's like, you've yeah. already, you've already, uh, been attacked or whatever, you know, like this, this guy from, um, the Call of Duty design director. I mean, it's crazy. I don't know if you guys followed it at all, but I mean, there's, there's like tumblers of the shit that people were saying to him because they, they slightly decreased the damage a gun did in Call of Duty. <laughs> and like people were like threatening to like rape and kill his family. I mean, uh, lots of people, not like an isolated incident. I mean, there literally there's a tumbler of these posts. Like it's crazy. If I ever um, get to that point, Scott, where I'm freaking out over something like that, I need you to come to my house and uh, just take my Wii U. I'll put you down. <laughs> I'll put you down. Don't worry. <laughs> Even better, Danny, fly from Japan. I can do yeah. that. I'll bring my yeah samurai armor and everything, so you'll be dead. Since we since we have you here, Danny, like mm-hmm. what? I mean, to me, this strikes me as like a purely American type of thing. Is this does this type of stuff happen in Japan? Like Japanese people just always strike me as so like courteous and respectful. Like whether or not that's true, that could just be an awful stereotype. <clears throat> but I mean, is there sort of this sort of trolling in Japan? Uh, you know, not that I've really seen much of. I mean, typically. I'm pretty sure you guys have heard and even the listeners have heard, even from listening to something maybe like 8-4 play, um, you know, if you're playing like a game online with a Japanese person, it's usually not – they're not like, hey, faggot, you're going to die, <laughs> you know, or something like that. I mean it's, it's just not like that. Um, people are like generally like really helpful and really tolerant. It's kind of nice to play like online in Japan. And, you know, like I said, I, I haven't really heard of – too many people making death threats to game developers for doing something, you know, as minute as tweaking a gun. Um, so it's really not as much of a problem. And in Japanese culture in general, too, it's it's just different. I mean, it, it's uh, this is you know this is just my perception of this. So please don't like take this as you know the absolute truth. But um. Typically, things are more kind of like uh, instead of based on individuality and stuff like that. Things are more kind of community based or you know group, you know mentality stuff. So you know people are just a lot more tolerant of stuff, and I think that's you know pretty easy and comfortable to live <laughs> as opposed yeah. to you know you step in the back of something's shoe and like the train in America, you're going to get blasted in the face or something. Sure. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it, it kind of, I play a lot of StarCraft 2 online, um, which is very popular in Korea. And I think that, that sort of mentality kind of spills over because every, every game of StarCraft when you play online begins with each of you saying, um, good luck and have fun. Like G L H F. Everyone types that. You just, you just type that at the beginning of the game. I mean, it's just, it's just code. Like you just do it. You have to. Um, I mean, you don't literally have to, but you just do. It's weird. I don't know why I do it too. Always, every time I start a game against, I don't even know this person. I'll never play them again, but always good luck, have fun. And then at the end of the game, even if you get beat, you always, you just say like good game. And then if you, if, if it was a really good match, you'll say WP. So well played. Um, it's the same for me with League of Legends, but uh, then League. again, they're, oh, they're, yeah, yeah. Have, uh, a lot of people that are in that mentality of just freaking out and screaming. Sure. And <laughs> yeah, and there's still some of that in StarCraft too. But like, I just feel like that sort of spilled over from, from like from Korea and from yeah. like Eastern influence, I guess. Um, it's just interesting. So I don't know, but yeah, you play Call of Duty, you're not going to get any of that. No, <laughs> I'm I'm interested now. They they just announced today that like you can play as women for the first time in Call of Duty online. Oh really? <laughs> um, in the next game, and I'm kind of interested to see. 
Oh no. How that I mean how that plays out. I mean that that community can be awful. Yeah. Then again playing Call of Duty on Wii U wasn't bad. I never had anyone say like anything awful to me playing Call of Duty on Wii U. I love playing Call of Duty on Xbox three sixty. It's usually just like <laughs> You're a loser and like I know. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know, that'll be something interesting to to watch down the road. But let's go ahead and move on to the next question. Uh, this one, I, I hope I say his name right. Admin? Admin? A-D-M-A-N? Adman. Adman? No, <laughs> I don't think it's Adman. <laughs> it's just like a big uh, Mad Men fan. Yeah, exactly, maybe. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so here's his, uh, his question. He says, hey guys, love the show. I really enjoyed learning about Spin the Bottle, and I'm actually going to pick it up and throw a party. Here's my question. With the Wii U's two screens, 3D output capabilities, and lack of content, do you think we'll see ports of 3DS games in the future? I know Kid Icarus was originally developed using a Wii, and I think it would look great on a big screen. Do you think we'll see ports of, or a Game Boy Player style, Game Boy Player style add-on? P.S. Before anyone argues, Assassin's Creed to- is totally in 3D. You know, it totally I'm, is in 3D. I, I'm going to say one thing. We have seen a 3DS game on the Wii U in Revelations. Revelations. <laughs> there, yeah, that's boom, true. It happens. End yeah. of question. Next question. No. <laughs> <laughs> but that one's a little different because I mean that's like that's like a straight port to every console. Um but that that is a good point. Um I would love it. Like I, I tweeted something about this a while ago, but playing through Luigi's Mansion, um my wife and I we we sat around our three DS and played it together, like taking turns um level to level. And I mean, it was great, but it's the kind of thing where I just wish it had been on Wii U, or there was some way to even just, like, I don't know, like, stream it to the Wii U and just play it on the TV, um, because it doesn't really need two screens, and, and I mean, the Wii U has two screens, even if it did really need two screens, um, so I would I would love something like this, but it's like what we're talking about, even last week, I think, we were talking about, like, why do these two systems just, like, not communicate at all, like, why are they two separate entities, They they should be... Under the same umbrella, there should be more interaction between the two of them. I think I think some of it might have to do with the fact that, like, well, up until I guess recently, that you know, uh, I could just have my facts wrong on this too. So please, again, don't uh, quote me on this. But like, <laughs> at you know, NCL, there's you know, basically there's teams that are just working strictly on 3DS stuff, and then teams that are stri- working strictly on home console stuff. But they're trying to kind of merge that stuff together, I guess, or something. Okay. They did say they were trying to kind of create a closer sense of unity, so they were uh, working hand-in-hand with each other. There it is. So, I mean... Something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, like you said, I don't see any reason why this stuff isn't, you know, working together a little bit more. And uh, quite frankly, it was I was kind of surprised that they didn't really do more with, like, the DS and, you know, Wii and stuff like yeah. that. But Well, they always, I, like, talked like they were going to. And I know. Just, like, it never happened. I yeah. mean, not I, much I'd anyway. say right now there was more DS Wii connectivity than there is 3DS Wii U yeah, connectivity. Yeah, absolutely. Because with at least Wii, there was downloadable demos, uh, DS demos, which yeah, the true. eShop makes that not needed anymore right. for 3DS, but... It was there. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, right now you can upload your Mii from your 3DS to your Wii U, um, which is cool, admittedly. I mean, that's nice. Um, And that's pretty much it. And I knew knew the new Sonic game, you know, the Direct last week, they said there'll be connectivity between the the 3DS Sonic and the Wii U Sonic, which is nice. Um, And I guess Smash Brothers will have something. Well, will it? Because I've heard, didn't they say that they're two separate games, that they're not? That's true. I when they first revealed Smash Brothers, didn't they say they were going to? But maybe they've kind of gone back on that statement. 
I, I might be like, I might remember this incorrectly, but when they first announced it and like didn't really show anything, I thought they hinted toward the idea that like they were going to be connected. They were going to be the same game just on different platforms and that like you could play your 3DS copy against like people playing on the Wii U is what I, I thought that was the talk. Yeah, um, but then that might have been it. But, but then, that was like a year before they had even started development. On like the before they even showed anything. Yeah. yeah. But then this year, after um, you know, after the E3 direct when they showed all the Smash Brothers stuff, I'm pretty sure, um, yeah, it came out that there there's going to be no connectivity whatsoever. That they're separate games. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. And I know right now our most diligent listeners are screaming at their you know podcast right now. But... Yeah, this is something where I wish Neil was here because Neil will totally know this because yeah. he's such a smart, handsome man. But uh... <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're. I'm pretty sure you're right though, Scott. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they, they that they did say like, hey, no, nothing's really going to be connected. I mean, so. Or even last year, like, I remember after the last E3, um, Johnny even asked the question, I think, that, like, he was like, well, what kind of connectivity is going to be between New Super Mario Brothers U and New Super Mario Brothers 2? And they were like, I think that oh. was at the, the one panel. Yeah, like the, the developer uh, roundtable. The developer, yeah. Yeah, and they were like, oh, there's none. And it just seemed like such a no-brainer when you see those two games announced back-to-back. Like, <laughs> oh, there should be some kind of interaction between these two. And for them to be like, oh, no, there's not. Why would there be? Just seems yeah. weird. Um, yeah. So it just doesn't seem like a priority, and it's strange. And I just edited this week, um, Patrick, your segment about the Vita with Neil and JP. Okay. Just hearing about all the like cross-platform play and like cross-platform mm-hmm. download stuff, it's like that's genius, and that's such a good way if you have one platform to get you to like get the other and and mm-hmm. use them both regularly. It's and, been said before, but why don't they do that with the virtual console stuff? Yeah, where it's Absolutely. available on both systems, it should be a cross-platform style yeah. system. And it's just not, and it's a shame, and there's no universal account. Like, you're not tracking, you know, your 3DS and your Wii U stuff at the same time through the same account. Like, it's just, it's a shame. Like, uh, Wii Fit should go to your 3DS, say, and download your step data from your 3DS. Well, yeah, because I I believe the Wii Fit U is supposed to come with, like, a pedometer-type thing. It's like, well, just use your 3DS. Yeah, Yeah, how, I mean, I can understand, because, okay, that that can work if people don't have a 3DS. That's fine. yeah. But at least make some kind of, like, a free application on 3DS where you can import the data and stuff. I mean, what the hell, guys? (laughs) It doesn't seem like it's really that hard of a concept, but, hey, what do I know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, it's really strange, but I do agree that this would be genius, and I would love to see a way to play my 3DS games on Wii U. I know it couldn't work with everything. There's a few that, like, maybe use both screens and, and really need them to be on top of each other. I don't think that's as much prevalent now in 3DS, but I know the DS, there were games where it was, like, platformers would use both screens, and it was, like, the top screen was just an extension uh, up of, you know, of, like, of the bottom screen to make, like, one huge screen. Um, but most games now, like, just use the, the smaller screen as, uh, you know, like, as a map or something separate. Yeah. So I would love to see that um, mm-hmm. that ability on Wii U. But we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. I, I doubt we'll ever get it. I, I would settle for just some sort of interactivity at this point. I think in the future there might be maybe one or two games that kind of are the same style on 3DS and Wii U, where it's the uh, they both use the top screen for the same thing and the bottom screen for the yeah. same thing. You know what it's um, going to take? Like, I, since the two do communicate with each other, I wonder if like any indie developers will try to try to do something that uses both both consoles or both systems. Yeah. I should say, mm, maybe um, that would be really amazing. Yeah, like that's that might be where it has to come from because I just don't know if Nintendo sees it as a 
um, as a priority. I mean, even with the Tingle Tuner stuff, like, they just took it out of Wind Waker HD, when it's like, you have your 3DS right here, like, just use it. <laughs> I know, it's so silly. Yeah, just do, do something. Do you think with Animal Crossing on Wii U, whenever that happens, uh, I know on the GameCube version, you could go to your Game Boy Advance and go to the island. Yeah. Do you think that type of connectivity will be there on the inevitable Wii U Animal Crossing? Maybe. I don't know. That, that's the type of thing that should be there. Like, you should have... Now, the island is kind of a standard feature with the Animal Crossing uh, well, what uh, New Leaf. What they'll do is the island will be on the Wii U gamepad, and everything else will be on the TV screen. <laughs> yeah, probably. They'll just do it that way. <laughs> probably. If they don't do inventory on the bottom screen, I'll just be angry. Oh, yeah, please. Yeah, don't make me pull up a menu to switch between yeah. Yeah, my, my different items. Um, you know, I don't know if they were, like, burned by the GameCube connectivity stuff with the Game Boy Advance that didn't really pan out and that kind of scares mm-hmm. them away, but it's so easy now with the 3DS. I mean, it's, it's all wireless. wireless. It's there's there's no the issue. And everyone has a 3DS now. Like, the 3DS is so, I mean, maybe not on the level of the DS yet, but it's so popular. Like, there's... This it's is, getting there it's very a, quickly. This is no-brainer. I mean, it, I've got I've got these two things laying around my house. I wish I could do something with both of them. But let's move on to our final question. This is from Andrew. He says, Hi, my name is Andrew from Toronto, Canada. I have two quick questions for you. One, which franchise or game needs to enter a sleep chamber for 10 years? And two, if you could have one video game artifact in real life, what would it be? It's kind of an interesting one. So, number one here, what series or game do we think needs to just kind of go away for a while to rejuvenate and maybe come up with something a little fresh? Um, New Super Mario Brothers. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I New Super Mario Brothers doesn't bother me because it, it's to me it's exactly what I want. Like I'm, I'm not I'm not expecting a kind of a silly 2D Mario platformer to blow me away. Yeah. You know, like I'm I'm fine if they release one every two years. Then it's just kind of new levels and mm-hmm. maybe like one or two new power ups. That that doesn't really bother me. Um, it'd be different if they were doing 3D Marios um, that were just doing the same thing every time. Then I would agree. But I, I'm fine with the. the I just don't want to see New Super Mario Brothers become a annualized series, which it isn't at this point. But they have released three in the past. I, I'm including New Super Luigi U because that is essentially an entire game. Well, they're selling it separately, so yeah. Yeah, um, but that's three within 12 months. Yeah, which I think is way too many. Yeah. No, you're right. In that I, short of period, you're right. Um, one we just talked about would be either Paper Mario or Mario and Luigi. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think they're fine though, because they kind of take that two to three year gap in between. That's true. I think, I guess, I guess, I, I think for those games, it's just weird because they came out within 12 months of each other. So it's, you know what I mean? Usually yeah. they're very separate and yes, they, they should try and stagger those, um, like every two years, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Paper Mario, and then in two years, a Mario and Luigi, and then so on, so on. Or even just release on different platforms. I yeah. mean, if, like, yeah, Sticker yeah, Star had been sure. a Wii U game or something, it wouldn't even have been a problem. Right. It's just a lot on one on one platform. Um, I don't know. Like, what, what Nintendo franchise is sort of overdone at this point? Like, I, like I said, I'm okay with 2D Mario. I We haven't seen a new 3D Mario in a long time, so you can't go there. Like, Mario seems to me... Fine, and maybe Mario Kart. You can make it. You can make maybe an argument for right. Mm. Um, I mean, we'll see how the the new one does, but it they've been very kind of samey for a while. Um, I mean, I think Mario Kart kind of falls into the Madden style of uh, game, where it's just a new iteration for the new platform. So yeah, so like it's okay. That's what it serves. Yeah. Um, 
One one I would go with is actually Pokemon on the D, all the DS Pokemon iterations because uh, if you, if you look back, Game Boy Color had two, Game Boy Advance had one, DS had the three because I'm including Black and White too because they were entirely new stories and uh, new content. And 3DS is going to get one uh, a little over a year after Black and White two. Yeah, that's so true. that's pretty quick turnaround for Pokemon games, and I'm fairly burned out on it. I would say okay. Actually, believe it or not, okay, this weekend, uh, there's this thing called, called the Pokemon Game Show, and I'm going to go there. It's in Tokyo, and um, one thing, well, you know, they're going to have Pokemon card game and all sorts of other crap, but they're also going to have X and Y there, playable, for like the first time ever. Uh, so I'm going to go and hopefully play, and hopefully by the time people are listening to this, they can read my impressions of the game. Um, but, you know, I, I'm glad that they're going this kind of new direction. We'll see how this pans out. But, I mean, the whole reason I haven't played a really a Pokemon game for, like, the past, like, seven years is because it's pretty much the same stuff that I played back in, like, 1998. <laughs> so I, I just kind of said to myself, what's the point? And, yeah, I know. I mean, there's, like, you know, it gets a little bit better technologically and whatever and, like, stuff like that but i mean you know i'm just kind of glad that kind of totally taking a whole new look at it but patrick i, I totally like feel it though man because i mean i'm i was already burned out on all the games that i didn't even play <laughs> I, I skipped black and white too because i just couldn't bring myself to play another pokemon game a year after i'd played black and white yeah you know pokemon's probably a good one but i'd like to see pokemon kind of go away for a little bit and then come out with finally a console version like that yes. to me, that could save Pokemon for me is a legit. And I think we use perfect Pokemon for game. that. Yeah, with off screen. Yeah, play. Um, but that would be awesome. Like I know everyone's kind of said like something like an MMO would be great. It doesn't even even have to be that. I mean, just take the Pokemon formula, put it on a console with nice HD graphics. Right. Um, like I want, I want Xenoblade Chronicles, but with Pokemon. Like I want huge, <laughs> like sprawling fields and like different like crazy environmental locations where you're just like catching all these crazy pokemon that you just happen upon like i just just imagine some of the like caves and volcanoes you wander through in full 3d with the uh like i I can't imagine like if you're running around a lake and a gyarados just like flies out of the water right (laughs) yeah i mean that would be amazing and yeah you're just like battling in real time and stuff um like that would be so cool i mean i know it's such a departure for the series at this point that it seems strange but like why not do something like that I don't know. It it seems to make perfect sense to me. So I I think I think Pokemon's probably the best though for this. I can't think of anything else that I would like that comes out too often. I mean, Zelda kind of follows the same formula, but still, those are spaced out enough that it's not a big deal. Yeah, they, the, Zelda follows the same formula, but it also changes up a lot of stuff each time. Yeah, and they're still so very good. Like Skyward Sword is, yes. is I think, is really amazing. Yeah, um, and it I might agree. be my favorite of the 3D Zeldas. It might beat Ocarina of Time for me. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure, but yeah, Pokemon seems right. Uh, and then so the second question: What uh, video game artifact would you want in real life? This is just because I've played it recently, but I'd love an SNES cartridge of Earthbound. I think it'd be. Great oh, to okay. Have that. So well, I think he mean I think he means like something from a game you want to actually have in real life. But that's interesting. So you want to, you yeah, Earthbound. I mean, that's that's. Totally I would love fine. a copy of Earthbound because I, I I'm loving the the VC release of that game. And how, how far are you now in that? I mean, I'm still only in. Uh, I'm at the end of uh, three. Is three. Three. Yeah. Three'd. The Zombie Town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm at the very end of it. Okay. 
That's I've been cool. taking it slow because yeah, of I Pikmin. Mean, I but... have the cartridge, and I'm, I'm almost like wanted to like, get the player's guide in the box now because people sell them separately on eBay. Um, I found I found the Japanese cartridge like three years ago or something, box and everything. It's definitely not worth as much as the uh, U.S. I was going to say, it's not as big a deal out there, right? No. Because well, there's just more of it, probably. Exactly. I'm pretty sure, at least. Because, I mean, I got this thing for like five bucks. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what you should do is you should throw that like on the American eBay, and I bet you could get a ton of money from an American who wants to own. I could at least get like you know probably thirty bucks because Japanese, and they're like, I can't play it on my system. I can't even read it. Da, 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 da. Well, yeah, very <laughs> okay. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. Because even Mother Three, I think, is pretty easy to to buy. Uh, it, it's easy to find. It's kind of expensive. It's usually like it? fifty or sixty bucks. Um, oh, okay. So that's why I haven't bought it yet. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't know what thing from a game would I would I want. I would like the Triforce of Power on my hand, so, <laughs> so pretty sweet. I can just like I don't know, rule things or punch holes in walls or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think I would love to have a uh, gyroid from Animal Crossing. <laughs> I just think they're the coolest little things. Park outside your house, just yelling yeah, shit at people. Yeah, just, just to, like, kind of boing around and uh, scare people off, I think. Get off the lawn! <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty good. I'd take a fire flower, right? Oh, that'd be cool, eat, yeah. Eat some random-ass flower and just start throwing fireballs at people. Like, that's not too bad. Just light people on fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty good. Take that. At least mine was harmless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was like, I want to murder people yes. with fire. <laughs> Oh, well, Danny, too, was pretty aggressive with his. Yes. Um, aggressive. So there we go. I think I think they will do it. Um, thank you, Andrew and Admin. Admin? Sorry. Uh, Derek and Adolf Vega for your questions. Uh, if anyone out there has more listener mail, send it our way. Uh, you can send that to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about the things we've talked about, uh, feel free to post in the talkback thread, and we'll address that stuff there. Um, what video game artifact would you want in real life? Uh, come up with something good. There's gotta be something up there. And what games need to go away for a while? Also another very good question. Um, well, Patrick and Danny, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Danny, by now the bar should be opening somewhere in Japan, so <laughs> you can just go straight to doing what you do when you're on vacation, I assume. Hey, I'm, I'm trying to get in shape. I've been going to the gym. Oh, look at that. Yeah, look at that. Are, are gyms very prevalent in Japan? Yeah, yeah. Kind of expensive, though, okay. but, uh... Really? And what, he, what he's not telling you, though, is that the bar is inside the gym. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little sake bar inside. Yeah, makes sense. Um, all right. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. Peace. Peace.
Hey everybody, Alex Kalafi here, and with me this week is Justin Berubi. How's it going, Justin? Pretty good, how about you? It's going pretty good. So, this week we are going to be talking about Animal Crossing New Leaf, but unlike these podcasts we do where we talk about a game as soon as it comes out, what our first thoughts are, this is going to be the opposite of that. We are going to talk about... Our general experience, I've been playing 96 hours, Justin's been playing 192 hours, and we're just going to get into the thick of it, uh, how we, how our town has evolved since its humble beginnings and whatnot. So tell me, Justin, uh, so your town, like all of them, it started with a few neighbors, barely anything unlocked on the main street, uh, no public works projects, you probably didn't even know what that was at the time of starting, unless you've been reading up on the Japanese wikis. How has your town evolved in 192 hours? <laughs> well, it started out pretty slow for a long time. Uh, my main focus early on in the game was money and the museum. So I'd fish, catch bugs, whatever, uh, donate it to the museum, anything else would go to money. And uh, this is pretty much my strategy in all the Animal Crossings, except the first one. Uh, get as much money as you can, then that first Sunday, buy as many turnouts as possible, cash in, and then just live off the turnips as much as you can and repeat the process every week until you're yeah. multi-millionaire. So how many times did you do that? Because I basically just did that until I paid off my house, and after that I was just sort of kicking back and having fun. Uh, I did it for about four or five weeks, I don't remember exactly, but uh, every time I'd buy turnips after the first week I'd completely fill my locker, so I didn't have really have anything in my locker until five weeks in, because I just keep using it for turnips. So at your peak, how many bells did you actually uh, earn? Or how many bells overall do you think you've earned from this process? Ugh, jeez. Probably around 40 million. Wow. Right now I'm around 22 million bells, and my house is fully paid off. I have all the museum rooms and all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah, mine is too. I basically only capped it off at around 13, 15 million. And then one week, because I didn't feel like storing all the turnips and then going to someone else's town, I waited until I had a price of, let's say, 612 bells per turnip. And then I just let a bunch of people from GameFAQs and 4chan's VG board to just come on over, pay me 10% of their take, and then just come away with 5 million bells. Have you ever been on that side of the, uh, of the turnip? trade yeah i think you need to actually hunt around on multiple message boards to really get into it and that's what i did so that's yeah. basically how you win the stock market um so you made this 40 million bells you have been playing the game for two months like everyone else in north america what's the situation like now what has the town become since those humble beginnings and that everything going slow i need to make as much money as possible uh, once I really paid off my house and everything, uh, I really started focusing on cleaning up the town a bit, the public works. So I gathered a ton of flowers to help get the perfect town. I'd keep going to the the island and going in the games and just picking up as many flowers as possible. Made some paths out of them. Uh, public works just kept buying as many as I could, the ones that I liked. But public works... That's something I'll need to get into a little later because I'm not too happy with how difficult it is to get the ones that I really want in my town. Yeah, it's completely random. Like, it took me, like, a month and a half with time traveling to get the police station. 
Yeah, it took me about a month and a half, and I just got lucky and got that one, so that was a real pain. Um, so what have you done public works-wise? Because in my case, like, I don't have anything too impressive. Like, with the, uh, with the Nintendo Dream Town that they've been pushing, they have this literally perfect town where everything's organized. They have a playground, they have a park, they have a, uh, uh, a forest of all types of different plants, and everything is neat and organized. Where with me, it just has a bunch of flowers, it has a nice little park, it has a couple public works projects spread out. How hardcore did you actually end up going with it? Uh, well, some people like to put actual tile paths in their town. I tried that at first, and it didn't really appeal to me, so I've made more natural paths with using the flowers to really pad things out. So, like, roads? Yeah, pretty much. But uh, public works-wise, uh, I have a windmill and a wind turbine right next to each other. I have, like, a little wind farm, so that looks pretty cool. A lighthouse, a park bench, but not the one I actually want at this time. It's more of a placeholder till I get the public works product I really like. Uh, I have the campsite, which I'm sure almost everybody has, because that's a given. Uh, and by the campsite, I have a well, so that kind of goes to the theme over on that side of my town, which is more of, like, a forest park type area. Uh, I have a water fountain between my the, my town's main tree and the town hall, so that looks real nice. Uh, I got the police station. I think that's about it. Oh, and and the lighthouse, lighthouse. Yeah, so so you have a nice little theme going. You you haven't gone into it too much yet, but like you're getting there. Like even at 192 hours, it seems like you're going full steam ahead into this game. Yeah, I really want to get things nice. Uh, I play at night most of the time, so I have to really keep that late at night, or late owl, or what is it, that ordinance? Mm. Close enough. I mean, it basically allows the stores to yeah. close three hours later, but everything opens three hours later. Yeah, I use that just because I wouldn't be able to get to the stores a lot of the time if I didn't have it, but I really want to switch it over to keep the net town neat, whatever that one's called. Right. So you got the full house, you got uh, the four main floors, you got the fully expanded basement and, uh, what's it called, upper floor. What does your house look like at this point? Uh, it's a little messy, but it's coming together. I basically plotted out at work how I want every room in my house to be. I bought the player's guide. I have a lot of downtime at work, so I was able to do this. Uh, really filled everything out on how I want it to look like. The main room, when you first walk into my house, has a lot of things on the ground. It's forming up into a little Nintendo museum. Uh, it's a lot. It's not as cluttered as a lot of people's are that do that because there are a lot of Nintendo items. But I'm trying to keep it neat and just have some of the key items in that room. It's uh, like 50 or so, right? Yeah, but uh, I'd say there's about that. There's also some stuff that's not part of the fortune cookies. Like this month, there were some Nintendo toys developed by Gunpei Yokoi, given out at the fireworks festival. Uh, there's also a Tingle Hood and a Makar mask that you can get somehow. No, that is through the uh, the Katrina, the fortune teller shop, which is the toughest one you have to unlock on the main street with all the stores, because you have to go to that fortune teller 20 times in your town, or have some people go to her 20 times, yeah. and it's kind of a pain in the ass. I'm still trying to grind that out. But uh, I did get the Makar mask from somebody. Mm -hmm. So you got the Nintendo theme, what else? Uh, the left room is like a martial arts dojo, so mm -hmm. a lot of Asian stuff in there. Uh, the right room is a kitchen and laundry room. 
the back rooms forming up to be kind of like a lab slash space ish experiment type room. The basement is my gaming center and just kind of like a general hangout area, a man cave. And the, <laughs> uh, the upstairs is the bedroom and master bathroom. All right. That's pretty uh, interesting because a few of my rooms ended up being the exact same way. I got my bedroom, It's which it's it's a pretty plain bedroom, but it rips off the Reggie fils bedroom because I got the couch, I have the Wii Fit thing, and then I have the big TV. Uh, but the one thing that separates mine from his is that I made a little podcasting setup in the corner of the room by taking a desktop computer and a microphone and a chair and putting them together and made it look like the sort of half ass setup that's going on in my room. I also have in my basement uh, an arcade, a game room like you. I have the karaoke machine, I have the arcade machine, the tabletop, the billiards, the what have you. I got the kitchen on the right side like you. Uh, but mine differs because in my main hall, I got a shark tank room where I got four sharks in each corner, the hammerhead, the main shark, the uh, the saw shark, and the whale shark. And then I have that big holographic globe in the center. And then in the back room, I got a nice little office. And in the uh, the left room, I have a substantial bathing bathing area. But moving on a little from that, one thing I noticed in the way I played the game in the beginning versus the way I played it 96 hours later is that I didn't care what I looked like like in my Animal Crossing clothes at first, despite that being one of the hugest new features. But when I basically made all my money and I, I had the ability to start customizing, I started to take a lot of great care into my wardrobe. Did you feel the same way? Uh, no, I really got the items I wanted to to wear at first, uh, mm-hmm. like the Nintendo shirts and whatnot. Uh, ended up buying the cr- the crown since I am the King Nintendo fanboy, so I bought the <laughs> million dollar crown. Uh, but the pants I'm really disappointed with. There doesn't seem to be much there, and the yeah. same with the shoes. Uh, I th- I wish you could really go and change the colors of the shoes because there's like some nice designs, but it's like. I'd like this in another color, and it doesn't exist, so... Yeah, and by the time, like, I started getting everything I wanted, in my daily routine, I just sort of stopped going to Kicks in general. I don't know if you felt the same way. Yeah, I don't go there as often as I used to, because they don't have as many things in that store, so once I, like, bought it all, it's all cataloged, I can really go buy almost all of it whenever I want, so... I'm not sure if the shoes and whatnot change based on the seasons like some of the other stores, but that's pretty much the only thing that would really get me to go back on a regular basis is if it switches over. So what's your guy look like? Uh, I'm wearing some cargo shorts, a Nintendo shirt, uh, the NTDO1889 shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I wear the crown or a Nintendo hat. All right. So, So you're going full... King Nintendo fanboy. Oh, yeah, and glasses. Yeah, I like to try to make the character look like myself. It's just, I like that connection, because it's more personal that way for me, anyway. For me, the most personal thing I did was, I tried to go full mayor. So, with my wardrobe, I basically did the the male character that's on the cover of the game, except I have a sweater vest instead of the thing he's got going. 
did you feel like the mayor when you were playing this game at all? Because I tried to sort of fully embody myself as the mayor when I played this to try to separate it somewhat from the earlier Animal Crossing games. I'd say uh, yes and no. There are times when like you really do feel like the mayor when you're making those decisions and funding the actual town projects. But uh, you, you're free to pretty much leave those duties whenever you want and play Animal Crossing it, as you have been able to in the previous iterations of the series. And that uh, that ties in a little to my next topic, which is the experience of playing New Leaf versus previous games. So you were saying that, like, yes, there is some things that make you feel like the mayor if you're the first person who started a town, but what I would argue is that regardless of all the mayor stuff they put in, it's still very much Animal Crossing, and even though there's a lot of uh, new dress attire to wear, there's a lot of new furniture, I've been playing this game the exact same way I've been playing the first Animal Crossing on GameCube. Like, it didn't change that much for me. I'd have to generally agree with you on that, uh, except for the, the stock market. On the GameCube, it was a lot harder to even use that because you needed to have friends come over with their memory cards and whatnot. So in the first game on the GameCube, it really came down to island farming for the money. I don't remember exactly how that worked, but you'd go there and bury fruit or something like that. Wait, are you, you're talking about the island farming in this game with the beetles? No, I'm talking about in the original Animal Crossing, so... I'm saying, oh, yeah. the old, old island. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. one behavior that didn't carry over to the other games, but I'd say ever since Wild, Wild World, uh, I've been pretty much earning money in the exact same way. Yeah. Uh, what about online? Uh, because, like me, we talked about this a bit at E3, but the way we played Animal Crossing as soon as it went online was that we got fully engrossed in the the community aspect where we would become part of the economy we would try to make as much money as possible we would go to a lot of other people's towns to try to sell stuff and buy stuff and trade stuff and especially in city folk for me that became 300 hours just from playing uh, the turnip trade and paying people millions of bells for the entire kk song collection how was this for you and new leaf did you become part of that market again uh, I did in some ways. I still haven't gotten as deep into that aspect of it as I'd like. Uh, I really want to get more of the exclusive DLC items that don't seem to be coming out in North America. Like the 7-Eleven items? Yeah, I actually have the 7-Eleven items, but there's some other stuff I haven't received yet. Because uh, in my museum, I'm making a DLC section to put all the DLC items. Mm. Uh, how many of those did you end up getting? Uh, basically, I'm... I've had the 7-Eleven stuff. I was able to get the campus set. I'm pretty sure I have the full campus set. And yep. all the all the North American DLC, except the double-neck guitar I have right now. Mm. Okay. And then, one last thing before we move on again, is I was wondering if Animal Crossing, as a series in general, it's kind of stagnant in the sense that like it changes somewhat from game to game. And it's not as bad as, say, the new Super Mario Bros. series in some respects with this. But the game doesn't change all that much to me in between entries. Was this in a matter of diminishing returns for you, where at the beginning of the series, this was one of your like favorite games ever, and then by the end of it, it's just something you really enjoy doing for 150 hours? Uh, I'd say when the first game came out, I was really into it. 
Uh, I was really into Wild World as well. City Folk felt like the worst one in the series because it felt like just a patch for Wild World. Uh, You can even bring your entire catalog from Wild Wild World over to City Folk, which is nice, and I wish they'd keep features like that, but that just points in the direction that it's basically the same game, just thrown on a console and with some slight additions. So that was the most disappointing entry. This really brought it back for me because the mayor stuff in the ordinances and uh, public works it made it feel like a fresher experience again, even though a lot of it is the same. I mean, it definitely feels like the first real sequel since Wild World. Like, it's got real catalog items. You can hang stuff on walls. Uh, you can put shoes, socks, pants on. Lots of better customization options. The QR codes. I mean, there's more There's more stuff here than any previous entry. Uh, at least since Wild World. So, moving on once more. Uh, how will you remember Animal Crossing New Leaf, Justin? Uh... I'm probably going to remember it with a positive frame of mind. Uh, I really, like I said, I really like the new features, uh, street pass especially. I like being able to pass people and see what they've done to their homes, and the whole ordering it out of the catalog thing has really made it a lot easier for me to obtain items I'm looking for. So overall, great experience. I'd highly recommend it to anybody who has a 3DS and is interested in that type of game. I like your use of the word positive, because I think that's how I'm going to remember it, too. Because I don't know if what I'm feeling from this game is the same thing I felt when I played the first Animal Crossing on GameCube, where it was an insanely new type of video game I've never played before, and I played it forever, and ever, and ever. But I really enjoyed it. I think it's an incredibly well-made game. I think it's the best game made yet on 3DS. And I don't know if you agree with this, but I think that just in general, this game is going to be remembered as one of the marquee titles on the 3DS, even long after the system is dead. Uh, I think that's that's true. I mean, it's a great game. And, it, and with the amount of hours I put into it, it's my most played 3DS game to date. So it wouldn't surprise me if many people had the same type of thought that you have on that. Hmm. Alright, so I think that just about covers it. One last thing before you go, Justin. Let's say that in 2015, 2016, there is an Animal Crossing Wii U game. And through this, through the development process, you have the opportunity to decide what goes into this new game. You get to make your dream Animal Crossing game. What would you add to make Animal Crossing Wii U really, really great? Uh, I'd probably add more areas to the town, like maybe like, you can leave the main town and maybe go to like a more rural farming type area, maybe go to the city again and just have different places you can go that are all part of your town, maybe even be able to name each area its own section. So I'd like more space to actually do different things with the town other than the typical Animal Crossing layout. Additionally, I want them to really make it easier to get those public works projects that appeal to me so I can really create the type of town I envision without waiting hundreds of hours and going through that process of trying to get the the villagers to recommend the exact public works project I'm looking for. Uh, Meverse integration, without a doubt. Uh, I want to see, I don't know exactly what, but 
There's got to be a way to connect it. And maybe even some way for trusted friends to visit your town when you're offline as well would be nice. So you want Animal Crossing New Leaf, but a little bit bigger, a little bit more customization, and the features of the Wii U basically put into it. The HD graphics, the Miiverse, and so-and-so. Is that right? That's correct. And one more thing I'd like to add on that is voice chat. So you basically want Animal Crossing City Folk 2. Well, a lot more than that, because, like, I, I was disappointed in City Folk, but I want more features. I think adding, like, new sections to the town would really expand on that. I mean, when, I'm, when I say that, I mean, like, you can't just walk to that area. Like, you might have to go to, like, a loading screen to boot up, like, another piece of town that's almost the same size. So what kind, what kind of place are you thinking? Just give me an example. Like a forest area versus the town area? Yeah, I'm saying like a forest area, yeah, maybe the main street or the city, uh, like a farming type area, maybe like a more in-depth beach town type location. And this could also open the doors for more villagers to come to your town because I think there's a lot of great characters in Animal Crossing, but most people only see maybe like 20 of them in their entire playthrough of the game. Yeah. Um, no, because, like, I was teasing you a little, but I definitely agree that Animal Crossing is just such a well-made formula that the only thing they can really do is just make it bigger and better, in my mind, just to have me be impressed. Like, the more areas, the, uh, the just a lot of new things you can do, the fuller customization options. Basically, what Animal Crossing New Leaf was to Wild World, I'd love that to happen again. But one other thing I'd kind of like is that, uh, as a way to evolve the online features somewhat, because regardless of the additions that is, has happened now with the best friends and stuff, I think a great online addition to Animal Crossing would be maybe a hub town where, mm, I'd like to say it would be organized in a way like an MMO, where a bunch of people can go to this one big area where they can communicate, I guess under Nintendo standards, where they can buy from one huge shop that sorts hundreds of items every day, and just one big place where people can interact and play Animal Crossing without feeling like, okay, this is the part where I play alone, and this is the part where I open my gate and hope people come over. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, maybe even like an eBay-type auctioning system would be cool, too. So like what there was in City Folk, but just much better and not completely broken, maybe with a search function, like the uh, Pokemon Global stuff and Diamond and Pearl and so on? Yeah, that that could be nice, but the only problem with that is if there's some sort of glitch discovered, like there may have been in this game, uh, people start breaking the economy to a point where most players aren't going to look at the prices of what's on that auction system and say this is outrageous and I'll never be able to afford it. So you, there's some things that need to be ironed out as far as that goes. But you got to remember that Animal Crossing in itself is already pretty half-baked as far as the economy is concerned. Because if you can just clone items, that's actually probably better than how it was in Wild World, where you could just straight up use an action replay, get whatever you want, and then invite people over. Or, even worse... If you know how to use your action replay and you go into someone else's town, you can fuck up their town pretty hard. If you set up buildings in front of where their door to their house is and stuff. So if you can just clone items 
and that's the only problem in this auction house, I think I might be pretty satisfied, Justin. Yeah, it wouldn't be too bad, but when you bring it to a global scale, it becomes a problem. But if you're just playing with your friends, when things get broken like that, it might not even come up in your group. So there's different perspectives that has to be looked at. Certainly. All right, well, that'll do it. Thank you for joining me, Justin. Hey, thanks for having me. Excellent. So I will see you guys another time. And this is Alex and Justin saying bye-bye. Welcome back to Connectivity. Today we're going to do a segment on the PlayStation Vita. Uh, you probably own a 3DS, so you think we're going to explain maybe if you want to get a Vita in addition to that, if you like handheld gaming. Uh, I'm J.P. Corbin, and I'm here today with Neil Ronahan. Hello, hello. I'm, uh, I guess, J.P.'s brother in Vita arms, in this case. Yes, we, we are the few and the proud. Yeah. Uh, and as well as Patrick Barnett, who does not currently own a Vita. Yes, I'm the Vita-less But oddly right enough, now. you own probably like 10 games that would play on Vita. I know, it's ridiculous how much stuff PlayStation Plus gives to me for free. Yeah. Well, not for free, I shouldn't say that. For yeah. $50 a year. I know, people always get mad at me when I'm like, I got all these games for free, and they're like, you had to pay $50 a year. I'm like, yeah, but I got like $1,000 worth of games. It's, it's yeah, probably close to 1000 If you just If you download everything, but in between PS3 and Vita, it's, I don't know, it's maybe no, even let's more it this than 1000 there, there was a moment where I almost spent fucking 50 bucks on Uncharted Golden Abyss, and I have it for free. So. I did. I actually, you know, like the three main games on PlayStation Plus, uh, Gravity Rush, Uncharted, and Wipeout. I bought all of those myself before they came out on yeah, PlayStation Yeah, I got Plus. I got Gravity Rush and Wipeout, and when they were announced for Plus, I sold both of them. Well, JP, did you buy them digitally or? I have retail? bought uh, virtually everything I have for the to, for the Vita digitally, but we're we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here. So like we we have some semblance of a schedule. So <laughs> I think we're gonna we're gonna start with our impressions of the hardware and of the OS and 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 just the overall experience outside of games with the system. So, Neil, do you have anything to to say about that? I mean, right now, I'm I'm going to pick up my Vita and hold it while I uh, while I talk about it. Um, I mean, I like the size of it. It, it has a nice heft to it. That actually, I think the 3DS XL is is kind of heavier than it, probably because of the two screens, um, and just the way it feels for the most part. I I, I really really like. Um, yeah. And the giant ass OLED. Oh, what is it? OLED OLED screen. Yeah. Yes. is uh is awesome and it's kind of funny because you see stuff for like tvs that use that are really really expensive and then you have this nice little handheld that has this beautiful screen that you can touch 
and it doesn't scratch like the DS touchscreen does. It's very smooth, easy to kind of wipe away any any nicks and grazes. Do you guys um, screen protect your screens? No. No, no, I've been I've been kind of brazen. I did actually get a uh, I got a case on a Target clearance aisle. Uh, I think it was I think it was a Sony official case that mm-hmm. that I, I might have had with me at PAX East, Patrick, if if you remember. Maybe oh, geez, um, I, I couldn't tell. But you. for the most part, I'll just have it you know kind of naked, um, hanging out. What about what it, about 3ds? I, Do you screen protector that? No, I don't either. No. I was going to say, you know, in terms of comfortable to hold, I think it it is really nice to hold. I would say that the the Vita, to me, feels better in my hands than the original 3DS, although I, I think I would put the XL ahead of it. But yeah, the, it, the, the 3DS, the original one, had the same problems that I remember, like, the Game Boy Advance SP had, too, where it was, it was really nice, but the sharp corners kind of made it hurt if you were playing for long sessions. Yeah, especially, I mean, if I'm trying to hold the system in one hand, and use the stylus it's kind of digging into my yeah. into my hand there mm-hmm. so yeah i mean I, I think the vita does a good job with that uh it's, it's very comfortable it you know it looks you know kind of symmetrical so you might not think it's comfortable but I, I think it works really well yeah i mean the only crappy thing is that uh the way it's kind of meant to be held whenever you use the back touch screen which is barely used in games but if it is used in a game and you don't want to interact with it you kind of need to make sure your hands are like to one side so it's a little awkward to hold if you're playing a game like that but usually you can kind of let your hands go anywhere you want in the back and it's fine yeah i haven't i yeah i was gonna say i haven't used the uh the back touch in don't they a use long it time. in fifa they do but i think that's the only time i've ever used it is in fifa yeah it's like it's similar to the wii u version uh, which just uses the front touch screen yeah. where you can kind of aim your shot with the back touch screen yeah, and I think the 3DS version did that as well of FIFA. Yes, it did. Um, I think, uh, I'm trying to think of what I've used that have used the back touch. I mean, they have like some demos that come with it. That I know Uncharted uses it, but yeah. I haven't played that yet. And, um, God, Frobisher says, uh, the best WarioWare game to come out since WarioWare Smooth Moves. Just to put this into perspective, I've only played a Vita once, and that game was Frobisher Says, and it was the greatest time of my life yeah um <laughs> if you if you do have a vita or you get a vita and jp you should be listening to this uh Frobisher says it's free and what it is is oh, it's you can free play, now. i think okay, it's up to it's, eight, it's, it's always been free now there um, is dlc packs for yes it. i have not gotten any of the dlc pack because the only time that i play it is with other people like i i downloaded it because it was free and i played around by myself i'm like yeah it's not really that much fun then I had a couple people over, and I made everybody play it, and we all laughed, and it was very, very fun. And then at PAX East, we would have games of Frobisher Says kind of just ongoing as we were all hanging out. We we would um, sit at lunches and dinners and just pass the Vita around yeah. in a circle as we ate. Yeah, it was it was pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, if it's free, I'm actually downloading it right now. I, <laughs> I just saw you out. come online on my Vita. Um, it's 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 really really good, and if you like Warrior War games, that's basically what it is. Um, it has that sense of humor, and it's, I mean, with a game like Game & Wario, disappointing, Frobisher says, does not. And I think all the packs, like, they're like two or three bucks, then they add more minigames to it. It's it's really nice. Before next packs, Neil, you're going to have to get another one of those DLCs. I packs. probably will. I don't even think I've played everything that was in the original free That's probably, game. probably fair, because each time you do a round in that game, it's, what, only three or four minigames? Yeah. Yeah. So, it takes a while to get through everything, I guess. Yep. Um... So I was going to continue this. We t- talked about the hardware itself and the and the touchscreen capabilities. But what do you get, what do you Neil? I guess Patrick, you haven't played it that much. But what do you think about the uh, the the analog sticks it has? Um, I think they're kind of tiny. 
Um, yeah, they're very tiny. Sucks. Um, I mean, but... I understand that. I, I see. I, I personally like the 3DS Circle Pad better because it's I, I larger, agree. and I, I mean, it's probably not quite as precise. But it's hard to be precise with these analog sticks, anyway. They're they're just really small. When it is, I mean, for using them as you know, like I mean, they're definitely better than the PSP stuff that they had. I did not like that much at all. The way that was yeah. kind of sunken into the system. And they seem pretty durable as well, so that's yeah. good. But I feel like probably to make it durable, which is really important for a portable portable system, very important. They might have made them like a little shitty. Uh, I I think they work fine most of the time. Um, but I, I mean, I I play a lot of indie type games on the system, and they usually let me play with a D pad. And yeah, I the will D-pad's say that really nice. On it's the, the I Vita. I've said that I think this D pad is the best non Nintendo D pad that I've used. I, I think, uh, I mean, sometimes I feel it's better. Like, the one on the Wii U, the D-pad, I don't really... It, it's too angular, I feel, and it kind of sticks out more. See, I haven't had a problem I might be that. making that I, I up. Li- I like it a lot. I've, yeah. I mean, I've been I've been playing... Um, Cla- uh, not Cloudberry Kingdom. That, tomorrow I'll be playing Cloudberry Kingdom, but I've been playing uh, Mutant Muds Deluxe with it. Yeah. And I have had no problems. As you will learn on another segment that we will be doing this week, I have not actually played Mutant Muds Deluxe, despite loving it's the shit You need game. to play it. The ghost levels are my favorite part of the game now. I think it's... they're cool, but... I mean, I'll save it for tomorrow's. Yeah, segment. yeah, yeah. To be continued, or you All might right. have already heard it. I don't, I don't know how this will be. Edited. Depending That's on what true. order it's in. Yes. Um, so I guess uh, one thing to kind of point out is is how everything's all aligned. Um, I mean, the 3DS says it's nice, like, like the Wii Channel interface, but what the Vita does is kind of like a reverse, like iPhone. Um, it's yes, it's a worse version of the iPhone. Yeah, because what it is is it's. Uh, you have circles that go, I guess, what, uh, they scroll down vertically instead of horizontally, basically up and down instead of left to right, and you have pages that way. Um, if you go left to right, then you can have usually, like, I mean, like I had the PlayStation Store and a game open, um, and you can have a couple tabs open like that, but you can't have, like, something like two games running at the same time, I'm 99% sure. Um... But the circles are kind of like, it's more stylistic than actually functional. Because it's like rows of like, you can have, I think it's three, four, and three on a on a page. Yeah. And so I mean, I thought, I thought that it was pretty terrible up until the point where they added folders. And now it's okay. Okay. I was going to say, can you compare it to like the Wii U's home screen at this point? But I guess now that it, you said they have folders, that kind of changes it yeah. up. I mean, that's really, I feel like every, every, it's a landmark day in every console's lifespan when they get folders. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure why they don't just do that at the beginning now. I mean, because right now on Vita, I have my, my front page where I have, like, you know, friends list, the, the store, and whatever games I kind of have playing, and Frobisher says. Um, and then I have my second page is a bunch of folders, like, you know, um, the save files for my games that I have on cards, the downloadable retail games, PS1, PSP, and download games. Yeah. I still, I mean, up until the other day, I had everything on one page. Everything in folders and everything on one page. But I uh, now have too many, like, <laughs> PSN, too many PSN download type of games. to. So I had to start a third folder of those. And so I had to push one thing off. So... Uh, I guess that's Speaking kind of, of a, games, there a, you go. Well, that's a good place well, to go. I don't even think we're there yet. Uh, because how are you fitting all those games on your system? That's part of the reason why my Vita screen is a little trim. Although I think you have the 32 gig, right? I, I do have, have the 32 gig card. I bought that um, 
I I bought that uh, online. I found a I don't know about a good deal, but a better deal. Yeah. I I got the 32 gig card for 80 bucks. Which is notoriously expensive for 32 yeah. gigs. It is. I think it's. I think it was a hundred dollars when it launched. It it's still a hundred dollars. That was on special. Which is crazy. I think I bought. I think the 16 was like 50 or. I think I got it for 50, but it might have been 60. For regular. For comparison, you could buy a 128 gig SD card for your 3DS with a hundred dollars. Yeah, I think I spent. 10, 15 on a 32 gig? Yeah, because I think it's it only less than 20. It's only certain types of SD cards that are bigger with th- than 32 will work on a 3DS, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, That's I don't I think heard. it was supported initially, but I think in one of their firmware. And I think it's also one of those things where it's just not officially supported, but it might work. It's not official, but Aaron, Aaron Kluska, or whatever he is, is, has tested it, at least with some, and said it works. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where I'll be going next, because I've got a 32 in my 3DS. And the nice thing with that is with the 3DS, I, I don't have to clean the fridge at all. And I find with the Vita, partially because of how big the games are as well, because whereas the 3DS, I think, when it was like a landmark, when like, oh, God, Fire Emblem's a little over a gig. What the fuck? And then for Vita, it's like Sly Cooper's three and a half gigs. Uncharted, I think, is four or five. I actually like just that. deleted Sly Cooper the other day yeah. in space. I'm trying to make space for Persona 4 Golden, um, which I got on a nice sale, which is another good thing about the Vita, is that everything's always on sale. Part of it for me, though, is like oh, I have so many of the, the indie-type games, which are smaller. You don't, like, yeah. you don't have to worry about the space as much. I have... Uh, slightly over i have a folder and then one icon in a folder of like retail type games but i which i mean i buy all mine digitally except one that's kind of how i works i can have one because then i never have to take it out of the system that's but i have hot shots is kind of my my permanent one although i do own i do own luminous and mortal Kombat on cards still i was gonna say i knew you owned a fighting game yeah it was i have hot shots digitally and i actually had it i I, it was off my Vita for a while, but I brought it back on recently because I figured, well, Mario Golf's not coming out till next year. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, and, and storage space, and as far as just moving things around the fridge um, is a little annoying. You can, like, hook up your Vita to your PS3. I actually have some save files living there. I've um, also um, connected my Vita to my, my PC. Yeah. Which works really well. I've done a lot with that. You can, I think, do a lot of the same stuff. You can back up saves. Yep. You can back up games. And I think you can do most of the same stuff. You use the same thing. There's a content manager app, which you launch when you have it connected, and you can yeah. do a lot of stuff with it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really nice that they do have that built in, and the uh, the charger itself has a USB plug, so it's not like you need another cable for it Except either. Except uh, you, you can't charge via yeah, that. Yeah, via you USB. can't charge via that, but like it's basically like the... You know, the AC adapter has a USB cable that plugs into it that plugs into the Vita. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's like you have one cable, but... Yeah. So, it's, it's I mean, it's a, it's a usable way to clean the fridge. But for me, like, when I have the system and I'm, like, you know, out and about or, like, you know, sitting in front of the TV and I'm like, oh, I want to download Persona 4, then I wind up going through a bunch of games. Like, I downloaded Virtue's Last Reward and I didn't even play it. I deleted it because I wanted to make room for Persona 4 and I still don't have enough room for Persona 4. So, I'm trying to play Knit Underground. So that way I can get rid of that. What what is Knit Underground, Neil? Please, um, please explain. I own it. I think now. <laughs> I also PS own Plus. it and haven't played it. <laughs> uh, so Knit Underground is one of the PS Plus games. I believe it already came out on like PC, and that's a, a lot of Vita games, especially the indie ones. 
uh, originated on PC, but it's really it's probably every Vita version of those games is without a doubt the best portable version you could ever possibly get for those games because the fucking screen is beautiful. And I love I love my 3DS. Don't get me wrong, but the Vita screen is is prettier. Yeah, it's it's the screen is just completely out of the 3DS's league. I mean, the 3DS has advantages. You know, like you said, you don't have to worry about storage space or all that. But in terms of just the, the screen, it's just it's not even close. Um, so Knit Underground, uh, there are I think there's there's three chapters, and I think there's more stuff after that. And it's one of those games where like the first two chapters are kind of short, and the third one is pretty mammoth. I'm like halfway through chapter two. And what it kind of reminds me of, it's like if Night Sky was actually a good game. Um, because you start off, and it is, it, it, I mean, it's made by the same guy. It has a very kind of similar presentation. And in the first area, you're just controlling this little character, you know, running around. And, you know, it's a you know a puzzle game with a map. And you're going around trying to, you know, like get certain items and finding them. And then getting to different areas. And that's, that took me less than an hour to get through Chapter 1. In Chapter 2, you control a ball. And it kind of controls like Satan as you're bouncing around all the place, but I mean it was it, it, it's neat because you're in that same environment just in a different area, so okay. there's still a lot of similar things going on, but you're controlling a different character. And I do not know what Chapter Three holds, um, but, but it's a different I, gameplay mechanic. You think? I, I I don't know. I have a feeling it might go back to the traditional character, although maybe there will be like stuff where like maybe you turn into a ball. I don't know. And there's only three chapters. There's yeah, but I think the third chapter is is substantially longer. And I think there's also some hidden stuff too, that I was looking at the trophy list and there were some teases about that. I'll try and give it a shot on my Vita, possibly if yeah, I get one. You should you yeah. should get one honestly, or or on my PS3. Who knows? Yeah, oh yeah, because it is a uh, cross. Yeah, I, I think it's actually installed on my system right now, <laughs> so I could possibly. Um. But yeah, I mean, I just, I really like the way the system is. Um, it's a little annoying having to juggle with storage space, and I wish that the memory cards weren't so expensive, because I would probably buy a 32 gig if I, if it was fucking feasible to well, buy look for, it cheap. look for sales, because I've seen them as low as $60. Yeah, that was, I think, I think when that happened, it was just, I didn't want to spend 60 I, I think there was like a couple other games coming out, and I'm like, I'd rather buy games than buy a memory card. Do they know why? They charge so much more for these SD cards, or are they special in any way? Because it's proprietary. Um, Sony does that. They did it. They do it with a lot of things where they have proprietary everything. Like how many times and... Sony does proprietary media with basically everything, and I think the only time it's really worked out for them was Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, but anywho, uh, I guess we'll talk about the games. So you've already talked about a couple of them. Anything else you you like? I guess I'm I'm gonna try to think of some standouts. Uh, I think Gravity Rush, which is still on available free on PlayStation Plus, um, it's a it's probably I don't want to say the most console like games because there are literally some games that that are on consoles that are also on Vita. Uncharted. Yeah, um, but Gravity Rush is a Vita only game that's really interesting, um, in a way that you you know you control the character and you basically mess with gravity and move around and you're like a superhero and it's pretty cool. I think the ending of it's pretty terrible, but I had a fantastic 15 hours before I put down my system in annoyance and stopped playing it in the last couple hours. I mean, I play a lot of stuff. Like I said, a lot of what I play is the indie stuff. Uh, I'm buying even more of that now. Uh, yeah, what I've been playing... You're rubbing off on me. I, I, I keep on being like, maybe I should buy Thomas's Alone. Yeah, I'm, I haven't bought that yet, but I'm buying it, like, tomorrow, because I'm going to have money tomorrow. Um... 
So I one one thing I've been playing a lot in the past few days is called Velocity Ultra. Now this is kind of a, a remake slash sequel to what was a PlayStation Mini that I went through a lot of trouble to kind of because there are, there are certain PSP games and PlayStation Minis that aren't officially supported by the Vita. Like, you can't download them directly to your Vita. But if you download them to your PS3 and then load them onto your Vita, they work. Which is... I don't know what the hell they're doing there. But there, I, I went through that process for the original. This new one is very similar. It's got the same kind of content, except it it's it looks a whole lot better. On It, it just makes full use of the, the Vita screen. But it's it's kind of a scrolling shooter, but... Not always, because there are levels in it where there are no enemies. Uh, the hook is you have the ability to teleport, and they make you do that because you'll run into walls with space on the other side, and you'll have to kind of get through obstacle courses moving from one to another, and you collect little pods, which are supposed to be survivors from... I don't know, I didn't pay much attention to the story. <laughs> There is but one. I guess that's cool. There, there is like like those you know panning over you know animated stills kind of things you know with with the text bubbles with the story. But I kind of just skip through those. But I mean, it's very challenging and very an interesting mechanic. I've never really seen and you know to get. I've I've gotten perfect scores on a few of those levels, and it it takes a lot of effort to coordinate that, getting all the pods and getting. Uh, the, the right score and getting in in a certain amount of time. It, but this is I don't know, one of my favorite games on the system, so I would I would definitely recommend this. I mean, I generally feel like looking at the Vita, especially um, the fact that I probably game primarily on the 3DS and the Vita at this point, and that I feel like the system as a whole with its game library is a really good companion to the 3DS. There is some overlapping games, um, mainly on the indie side, but there's also a couple games that it's weird seeing like uh, uh, you know, Batman Arkham Origins, Blackgate, seeing it on 3DS versus seeing it on Vita because it's like the same game but slightly looking different. Um, but I mean, it's just you have a lot of stuff on Vita that you don't really get on 3DS. You know, on Vita you have the you have not necessarily more sports games because <laughs> Vita and Wii U both be getting hosed with Madden this year. <laughs> um, Vita is getting FIFA, unlike Wii, though. Yeah, I, well, I think th- 3DS, 3DS and Wii are both getting FIFA as well. Yes, yes, because um, EA is like fuck you. Wii yeah, U. but I mean, you got MLB the Show, which I ended which up getting. Is great. I got I got the the launch one, the one that came out when the system launched, MLB the Show twelve. Um, I got that for eight dollars on a sale, which is fantastic. It um, is. It's like, I've got this year's version, and I think last year's version did it too, but I got it so you can transfer, like, franchise mode and, and road to the show mode. I, all thought, the, I the, don't like, think you can do modes. that in this year's game. I think it was like... You can. Okay, you, can, you can. You definitely can. It, you do it through the cloud. You don't even have to hold oh, them wow. on. Yeah. And so I can, like, start a franchise on my Vita, play 20 games, and then upload the save to the cloud, pull it down on my PS3 version of the game, and just keep playing. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of what what the Vita does really well in comparison to the 3DS is that I you know, wish it, more things would do that. Yeah, I wish there were like like FIFA. I would kill for a FIFA game on Vita that did that, that connected to the PS3 version and it had feature parity and you could jump between them. I mean I, that would be the greatest thing ever. I mean that's the one thing that I feel like that the Vita and the PS3 do a little better than the Wii U and the 3DS is that the Wii U and the 3DS are really completely separate systems. Um, despite the and, fact that 3DS games show up in a Wii U eShop for some reason. 
Yeah. Um, but the Vita and the PS3 are kind of like, you know, it's it's all that PlayStation family that, you know, Sony's been pretty successful at, at tying together. Because, I mean, I'm just looking at some of the games that I have. You know, Sly Cooper, uh, if I, I bought the PS3 version, I got I could download the Vita version for free. Um, There's all that cross-play stuff. Yeah, all my PS1 games. Cross-play and cross-buy. I mean, yeah. cross-buy. Like, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, on my on I all my PS1 games that I have, I can also play on PS3. Uh, a lot of my download games, like uh, Retro City Rampage, Sound Shapes, Guacamelee was the same way. Dragon Fantasy as well. Yeah, um, a good amount of stuff. And and they're getting better. Where it's like with Dragon Fantasy and uh, Guacamelee are, are two shining examples of. Uh, downloading and or like uploading your save to the cloud and downloading it from the cloud is a snap. Um, in some games like Sly Cooper, it's still a little janky because it seemed like they still didn't have it totally figured out. Although, actually, no, I feel like there's another game. Oh, it's Sound Shapes, which is kind of asinine, and some of the earlier games are, are kind of tough to, you know, get from the cloud back and forth. But for newer games, and it seems like every game from now on, it's super easy. To just, you know, yeah. upload and your I mean, save like, from Guacamelee on Vita and then download it on your PS3 and, and with, continue it, the game. With, ML, with MLB The Show, like, the, the uh, like save to cloud, upload to cloud is right in the same menu yep. as your normal save option. Okay, that, that's what I wanted to ask. Is it all right there in the game? You don't have to go out to the, the crossbar, say, on the... No, it's right in-game. I mean, it's it's integrated seamlessly. That's super nice. That's something really I would is. love to see. I mean, if ever the Wii U and 3DS became connected in some way. I mean, there are rumors of what might be happening, but we haven't yeah, seen anything we yet. We haven't seen anything. I mean, as far as, you know, comparing what's on the 3DS versus the Vita, I mean, they're both really good at, you know, kind of day one digital for games. Um, yeah, I think I, I think it's, it's mandated on the Vita. Yeah. Um, well, I think there have been some games that might not be. I think it's mandated. It's mandated that they be there digitally. I know oh, okay. Sony made that a policy. I don't know if they necessarily have to be out the same day, but oh, okay. it's definitely mandated that they're there. Yeah, and the the difference with the Vita games is that most of them are discounted. Like I think it's like a just like a ten percent discount. Yeah, it, I mean it'll be something like I think if it's like a forty dollar game, it'll be like thirty six. Um, yeah, which is, I mean it's something. Um, it's a little bit of an incentive. Um. And unlike the, well, it took a while to get to this point, but, you know, everyone's all annoyed with the 3DS Virtual Console trickling out. Uh, there are a fuck ton of PS1 games that you can get if you want to. Um, it was kind of weird because uh, they didn't add the support for Vita for PlayStation 1 games until, I think it was like August, and the system it came out It was the big February. update. There was, yeah. there was, it was like the 3DS, where several months after launch, there was a big update that added yeah. a lot of functionality. And they added the PlayStation 1 support, but it was only officially for a couple games. But then for some games, they would work anyway. So there was this very humorous gaffe thread where it would be someone being like, tried putting this game on my Vita, it didn't work. Because you would have to download the game through your PS3 and then transfer it to your Vita. And it was this asinine way to do it. There's a great thread over on Cheap Ass Gamer that lists compatibility of all that kind of stuff, and it's yeah. it's really well organized and, and that. So that's what I always used. And you also have a great backlog of PSP games as well. I mean, you're missing some games that weren't available for download, like Kingdom Hearts: Birth by Sleep. But if if you missed that, like I did, you know, there's I wouldn't say necessarily a wealth because I'm kind of realizing that the PSP was really only good for like having a bunch of Atlas and X Seed games. Um. But there, I mean, Which there are definitely quality thing. games on the PSP. Yeah, and it's, I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. I'm just saying there's only so many Atlas and Exceed RPGs that I can right. I can play. I know one of the things I 
I downloaded that I haven't played yet is Valkyria Chronicles 2, which I think I had to go through the PS3 process to work, but yeah. it's, I don't know. Um, and then even if, if you're really liking Shin Megami Tensei 4 on your 3DS and you're being like, man, I want to play more in that series. Well, there's a bunch of other 3DS games you can play. Uh, there's, you know, Soul Hackers and Devil Survivor Overclocked Remix or whatever the hell it's called. But there's also Persona 4 Golden on Vita as well as a shit ton of other Persona games. The entire Persona series, except for, I think, the second half of Part 2, is available on, on Vita. Yeah, there's there's definitely, especially when you factor in the PSP stuff, a, a good lineup of RPGs there, of JRPGs. So if you if you like that, this is definitely, I mean, a lot of them were on PSP, so if you own a PSP, that's not as enticing. But like you said, there's Persona 4, there's some other stuff there, so it's... It's a, it's it's a good system for that. I mean, it's just uh, you know, it's it's very nice to have the Vita in addition to the 3DS because it's just very balanced between the two. Yeah, I think they're they're pretty complementary systems. There isn't that much overlap yeah. there. Um, and then the indie game scene is great on uh, Vita as well. Um, Spelunky, and it's only getting better. Yeah, Spelunky yeah. is being threatened to come out anytime now. It was supposed to be July, but it got pushed back, and that game's. I was fantastic. hoping it was coming out Tuesday. I've never played it, and I've been interested. I'm going to yeah. play it on Vita, but I was really hoping it was coming out Tuesday. But... Now, now, JP, do you like pounding a nail into your dick? Because you would <sighs> probably like Spelunky. Not you know literally, <laughs> but in, in, metaphorically, when it comes to gameplay, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, there's 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 a lot of good stuff. Uh, let's pass it off to Patrick. Do you have any questions about the system? As if you were a reader who did not have a Vita and only had a 3DS, and were wondering, hey, do I need another portable system in my life? You were, you were talking about the indie games. I really want to know: are the indie games are they more are there more of them on Vita than on 3DS? On 3DS, I know. Not necessarily indie games, but we're getting a lot of those smaller eShop games are coming there out now. There are different ones. I mean, it's kind of... The 3DS gets a lot of stuff that, at least initially, isn't in a lot of places. The PS3... Or the, the Vita gets a lot of stuff that's, like, on PC and uh, the other consoles. Okay. So the stuff that's showing up in my Steam store. Yeah, virtually everything that is an indie game on Vita is on Steam. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they'll have bonus content. Like, I think Thomas Was Alone has additional chapters and stuff. Because that was actually, uh, Thomas Was Alone was, I mean, made by one dude. And then it was brought to PlayStation Systems by Curve Studios, the guys who did Fluidity. Okay. And they also had another game that came out recently, uh, Stealth Inc., A Clone in the Dark. Which was uh, known on PC as Stealth Bastard. So once again... I like that name better. Yeah. And that's on Vita? Yeah, it is. Okay. And I think it's also on PS3. Like a lot of the, a lot of the indie games are you know cross by, and is that because the infrastructure for developing is essentially the same that it's easy to just take it? It's and port supposed it over? to be similar. Yeah, I mean, I remember before the Vita launch, Sony was like, "Well, you could port your PS3 game to the Vita in a couple of weeks," uh, was kind of their their thing. So I would imagine for the indie type games, that would be even easier. So, um, so I guess uh, any other questions, Patrick? I had something, and I lost it, and now I feel awful. Oh, I wanted to ask about battery life. We, you didn't talk about that at all. Um, the 3DS XL, what is that at now? Like five or six hours, roughly? The, the, the 3DS XL is certainly better than the Vita's battery yeah, life. Yeah, but it's, okay. I would say the Vita's better than the original 3DS. By a bit, yeah. Um, the one thing that's that's really good about the Vita, though, is that if you notice with the 3DS, when you have it set for street pass and everything, 
the battery will drain. I mean, it's not like it drains super quickly, but it definitely drains. With the yeah, Vita, it's... I've known it to hold, like, I'll, I'll, we'll have charged it, and embarrassingly enough, uh, more more to the nature of my, my gig at Nintendo will report than anything else, there have been, like, you know, a month-long period where I haven't really touched my Vita that much. And I'll go and turn it on, and I'll still have half a battery. And it's crazy. Right, yeah. I, I charge my 3DS every night. I have the cradle thing. I like it a lot, and so I just put it there. The Vita... Generally, unless I see that the battery is low, I don't bother because it really doesn't drain. It's 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 good. Yeah, I mean that's the one thing is yeah gameplay. I don't think it's that long. Like I think it's like you know four or five hours of gameplay. But yeah, I would say that it, the original 3DS is probably about three or four. I'd say Vita's four or five. I mean yeah. it's which isn't isn't bad, but I mean still it's not, not great. Not perfect. But I mean given given that screen and 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 the the higher power kind of stuff like almost ps3 level gameplay for a lot of things i think it's under it's more understandable with the vita than it is with the original 3ds um my last question would just be the 3ds has street pass is there anything equivalent to that <laughs> on the vita sort of like yeah, there is a it thing doesn't work i don't really understand it i it okay. tells me that i'm near people it's called Near, and it tells me it's, that I'm near people, but I don't I kind of really remember know. that around the Vita's launch, and I remember it's, people it's, complaining it's, about have, it. I am not sure how it works. I have never seen it work. Even at, like, E3 last year, where there would have been ample opportunities for it, I don't know what the hell was I going on. I just opened up Near. Um, apparently, I got 63 game goods. Uh, I've passed 114 games and 107 players, and I've traveled 9,000 miles, but I don't what, really what know. What does a game good get you? I, I don't know. <laughs> I think there are certain games that I don't have that, like, you might get something. Oh, and actually, um, all right, I opened it up. All right, this works, because it's been so long since I've used Nier that it's, like, showing me a tutorial. What can I do with Nier? You can view game charts, see who is playing the same game, and discover game goods for games that you are playing. When you are out and about, check out what games are popular in that area. You can discover game goods that can be used in games. All right. Hmm. The terms so so even in America, game. where uh, passing another 3DS is less likely than in Japan, it still has a lot better uh, system-to-system communication type uh, interactivity. Yeah, I think, I think StreetPass is a lot more fleshed out than this is, although I don't really understand this, so maybe it's not. I mean, that, yeah, that's the thing, is that, like, I think there was potential in here, but there, like, I just went through the tutorial thing, and I still don't know what the hell is happening. Apparently, I have game goods, but I have no idea how to access them. Well, to be fair, if you went through the tutorial in, like, a minute and a half, it probably wasn't yeah. <laughs> that in-depth of a tutorial. And, and I, it, I know it, collect, it, it connects to the internet as well, and I think that's kind of how it works, is that it, it sees what other systems are connected to the internet in your area. Yeah, it's 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 different. It's not, like, necessarily... You know, connecting the people you pass, it's its a bit different than that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really want one. I think they confirmed it's going to be able to be a controller for PS4, correct? Except we've heard lately that that's on a game-by-game basis. It's not oh, It's kind of like the gamepad with off-screen play. It's the same type of deal. Yeah, well, we'll see. Game. Off-screen play is in most games, but... Most, I, not, I, like Lego City, for instance. Uh, I got a popularity surge. Oh man! And I, I don't what know what. <laughs> Extra game. Goods? What do people think of Knit Underground? It only has a 2.1 buzz rating, and only one out of 112 people is playing it. What? What is a 2.1? 2.1 out of, of what? I don't know. <laughs> Probably five. I know that they're, they're, the PSN oh. store is out of five. Someone. Yeah, is, that makes sense. Oh, this guy has sound shapes. That's cool. 
It's a live near unboxing. Yeah. <laughs> for someone who's had a Vita for what? A year and a half? Yeah. I encountered Darth Bane 93 five times. I think he lives near me. Oh, he's got Persona 4 Golden, Netflix, Welcome Park. Now, now, because it tells you if he's near, could you theoretically track him down? No, well, like I mean, it does kind of tell you like where he is. Like he says, it, he's in the same town as me. Um, and some of the other guys also say that. But you can really, I think, I might be able to send a friend request to them. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, That's yeah, I nice. can send a friend request to them. So, like, if you find someone near me, I can be like, "Hey, man, you want to be friends?" And then, he'll in be a sense, like, That's nice. You? Because, uh, at least for me, when I was at college on my campus carrying my 3DS around, every day or two, I'd get the same street passes with the same people. And to this day, I still don't know who they are. Yeah. And I, I'm really curious. I want to be able to talk to this person and say, you have a really great taste in games because they played things. Uh, I can't think off the top. Fire Emblem, for instance, they had that the week it came out. So I know they're at least involved right. in the game. And, I got a, I got a score multiplier in... Uh, Big Sky Infinity from Tony Tuff. Uh, so it's a gift that I can use in this game that I don't own. And I can get a 10 times multiplayer multiplier on my next galaxy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Nier isn't really... Like, I, I do feel like Nier has some neat ideas, but it's just not really executed the same way that Street Pass is. Street Pass is probably one of the most exciting things on the 3DS. Actually, um, RFN got an email as, as we were recording this that... Someone who lives a town over from where I used to live uh, street passed me when he was on his way to work. So I think we might have passed each other on the Garden State Parkway or something like that, which is pretty funny. I know. I kind of get the impression that the near is here because Sony's like, well, Nintendo's doing street pass, so we better do something pretty similar to that. I mean, like it's it seems like an instance of that where. Like, because I think Nintendo talked about Street Pass fairly early in the 3DS's, you know, in talking about the 3DS. So I think it's it's an instance of Sony saying, "Well, we should do something similar." But yeah, anyway, Patrick, do you have any more questions? No, nothing else really. I have to say other than I I want to get one. I think it'll be good for my PS4. <laughs> good companion. Neil, any last thoughts? Um, I think, I think honestly, because of the Vita. My decision on whether what what system I was going to buy first was already made for me. Um, I'm going to get a PS4 at some point, not at launch, I'm pretty sure. But the fact that I have this system that already has some hooks in a future system is is pretty great. And honestly, Nintendo should learn from that idea um, because the 3DS and the Wii U, while well, you know both having their own merits, the 3DS a lot more than the Wii U right now. Um, they're just not connected in any way. And the Vita and the PS3 are really interconnected to the point that, you know, like, I will use use them in conjunction. There was actually a, a, a weird feature where you kind of look around the environment in Sly Cooper by, uh, can, like, you would connect your Vita to your PS3 and be able to look around with the Vita on and the map, a map of the area, which was kind of neat. That's been done on the Wii U, hasn't it? I think so. But, I mean, I mean and that's the other thing, is that the Vita... Is kind of Sony's gamepad, albeit a two hundred and fifty dollar one, and probably not as effective in yeah. terms of connections and whatnot. Yeah, but I it's, mean, it's, I, it's 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 neat. I want to see where they're going with that. Yeah, um, I I mean, it's just a, it's the kind of thing where I'm glad that I have a Vita and I'm glad that I have a 3DS, and I think that if you are into portable gaming, you should definitely you know have an eye open 
at the Vita because it's got a lot of good shit that you know goes well and complements the 3DS very very well. Yeah, I mean, I think the Vita gets kind of a reputation like the PSP did, as if it's just console games on a handheld, and and a lot of people don't want that. And well, those are there. There's a lot more than that there, too. So don't just write it off because, like, oh, I'm not interested in playing, you know, Uncharted on a handheld. There's there's a lot of good stuff there beyond that that I think is really complementary to what Nintendo's doing. And, yeah, I would I would definitely say, like, if, if you're even kind of interested, definitely check this out because I, I think it's a really good system. Yeah. Um, and if you have any other questions, if you're a 3DS owner... Or, or someone who doesn't own a 3DS. If you're just interested in the Vita, or you're curious about it, or you have any other questions, uh, definitely um, email us at connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Or you uh, can post it in the, uh, in the yeah, talkback. you can post it in the talkback. You can even hit me up on Twitter at, at Enron10, N-R-O-N-1-0. I guess if you wanted to, you could follow my uh, Vita-less exploits on uh, Twitter, at papatch 15 Yes, and I'm, you know, also owning a Vita, and I'm happy to answer any questions about it or, you know, interact with you on a whole bunch of things. I interact with a lot of people who read the site, sometimes in positive ways. Uh, <laughs> it's at Lord Corbin. That's the word Lord, and then C-O-R-B-R-A-N. These are all available on the Nintendo World Report homepage. Yes, they're too. all here. So you, We're you all should there. be able to find them there. Especially follow me if you like soccer, because I post about it a lot. And the Indians, the Cleveland Indians. And the Indians, they're actually good. They're winning right now. Yeah. Is, uh, At first Swisher's I thought you were just talking Indians, right? Indians. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's had a good night Dude, tonight. fuck yeah. I, I like Swisher. I miss him. Um, but yeah, I guess, uh, I mean, open up your heart. There's room for more than one system. And Don't be closed-minded, yeah. I guess is a good way. And, and I mean, if, you, if, you're a, if you're a Nintendo fan worried about you know, the competition between the 3DS and the Vita, guess what? It's already over. Vita's fucked. The, three, the 3DS, 3DS already won. won. Yeah, like, battle's done. The war's over. We're just, you know, it's the aftermath. But yeah, I mean, both are great systems, and they both have great games, and they're both not going anywhere. So, enjoy them. Yes, definitely. Damn it. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up for, for this segment. Uh, I'm glad to talk with you, Neil and Patrick. Uh, yeah. So uh, hopefully we turn. Hopefully we talk some people into giving the Vita a shot. So if if you like it, definitely get back to us on that. So, yeah. Uh, I'll see ya. All right, and that will do it for episode ninety-eight of Connectivity. As always, you can send us listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes if you haven't already. And now you should follow all of us on Twitter. Go to NintendoWorldReport.com and look at the Twitter sidebar on the right-hand side of the page to find all of our usernames there. We'll see you next week.